It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for change makers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership. P-Link Leadership has one big goal, to accelerate positive change. It's all based on fusing the sciences of human nature with the discipline of leadership to transform the world of work, or as we call it, accelerating positive change in a big way. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, COO and co-founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself. This is Alexis with The Bright Side, and today we are talking about how to be both a kind and efficient leader. Oftentimes in our coaching workshops or my coaching sessions, I hear from leaders that they want to connect with their people. They understand the importance of being in relationship. Maybe they've taken the leadership circle profile or another 360, and they've gotten feedback that people don't feel connected to them as leaders. And so they're trying to figure this out. However, they worry that they cannot be good at being connected and kind and caring with their people and be productive at the same time. So what gets in the way of being both kind and efficient as a leader? The number one thing that leaders say to me that gets in the way is time. I don't have enough time for the conversation. These emotion-based conversations, these feeling conversations will take forever. Someone's going to come in my office and sit down and we'll be there for an hour. Um, That's actually not true. If you arm yourself with some skills in curious conversations, you can get to resolution in many cases after about 10 minutes. So these conversations don't need to take an hour. Often what makes them take a really long time is either the leader doesn't know what to say, so they get talking about all kinds of things to fill the space because it's uncomfortable. The employee doesn't feel heard, and so they keep saying the same thing over and over again a slightly different way because they're not feeling heard. These are the things that drag out the conversation. But when we can get good at having quality empathy, we can acknowledge and validate in conversations, they actually go quite quickly. The second thing that gets in the way of being kind and efficient for leaders is the discomfort around having these conversations. Leaders often say, it just feels vulnerable. It's so awkward. I don't know about talking about emotions at work. I am not skilled in having these conversations. I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. I'm afraid I'm going to make it worse or I won't know what to say. comes up a lot that I won't know what to say. And if you are a leader, there are going to be moments that are vulnerable Leading is all about developing people and managing work and developing people takes conversation and connection. So you're going to have to lean into that discomfort, but there are some things, some tools that I'll share with you that can help you to feel more confident as you do this. And then the third thing that gets in the way that comes up all the time is leaders feeling like they have to fix the problem for their employee. Someone brings a complaint to you and immediately they take it off and it's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to fix it. When nine times out of 10, someone is looking for connection, empathy, understanding, acknowledgement, validation, not for the leader to fix it. And sometimes when we go to fix someone's problem, when they're just coming to share a situation or some fears and feelings with us, it feels diminishing and invalidating 
And like we are making the assumption that they don't know how to take care of it. If we aren't careful, we can end up adding a ton of work to our plate by making the assumption that we are required to fix something for someone. Let me tell you about some skills that can help you to master this and get better at it. The first skill is emotional literacy. If you only have three to four emotions in your bag, mad, glad, or sad, uh, you wouldn't be that unlike many of the leaders that we work with. We haven't done a great job in our education system at teaching emotional literacy. If emotions are something that weren't spoken about in your house or were kind of, you know, thought to be weak, chances are you may have a limited emotional vocabulary. And there are hundreds of words used to describe how we're feeling. The more we build up our emotional literacy and have words to explain something, the easier it is for us to identify what emotion they may be experiencing. And so you would never want to say to someone, oh, you're mad or, oh, you're feeling defeated. You can say, I'm sensing that you're feeling a little defeated on this project. Did I get that right? And then they can come back and say, no, I'm not defeated. I'm just worn out. I feel like I've been trying to solve this for weeks now, and I just can't figure out how to solve it. That gives you clarity. And when your direct report can get clear on what they are feeling, it allows you to get clear on what is the problem that they are trying to solve. They feel seen because you've been able to reflect back that you're noticing the emotion and they feel understood when you give them an opportunity to correct you if you're sensing the wrong thing. The second thing that's going to help you with this is really getting into a mindset of developer. So thinking about developing your people as one of your main jobs. We often get into leadership and think, my job is to meet these KPIs. Well, you're right, it is, but it's not that alone. And often your job is not to meet the KPIs by yourself. It's to meet the KPIs, key performance indicators, by leading through your team. When we get ourselves into a mindset of, I'm here to help develop these people, then really helping ourselves to to ask, what does support look like? What have you tried going into that coach mindset versus into that teacher mindset? Like, I have the answer. I will tell you how to fix this. That doesn't often help somebody. If you can help give them agency by asking, what have you tried so far? What's working? What do you think your next step might be? What would support look like from me? Then they can ask you very specifically for what they need. So you don't end up taking on more than they need. Now, some leaders will say to me, Ooh, if I ask what support looks like, what if they say they just want me to fix it? Well, that's a leadership conversation. That's a boundaries conversation. Perhaps it's not yours to fix. And you can say, okay, well, tell me what you've tried so far. What do you think is the next step? How could I support you in taking the next step versus just taking the problem and moving on? So that developer mindset is a second skill. The third skill set is get good at having curious conversations. And there are some great sentence starters that you can use. Brene Brown on her website, uh, brenebrown.com in the dare to lead section has a great tool called rumble starters. And these are conversation starters that will help you stay in a curious conversation. Things like help me understand, or walk me through how you're thinking about doing that. Or I'm curious about what's going on with you. I've noticed that some of your projects are delayed. Help me understand what's happening in your life. 
or help me understand what's going on for you at work. Being able to stay in that curious mindset allows you to uncover and peel back the onion with what's going on with your people. Easy as just writing a few of these things down. Somebody comes in and says, I'm really fed up with X department. Okay. Sometimes as a leader, you can just say, say more about that or, and what else? And hold that silence so that they can continue sharing with you versus jumping in and trying to solve something that may be the wrong thing. So the fourth skill set that will help you to be both kind and efficient in your leadership is the practice of acknowledge and validating. Sometimes someone might be having a really outsized response to something that happened at work, and you may not agree with how they're responding to it. However, it's still important to acknowledge and validate. So if somebody comes to you and says, I'm so mad that I didn't get that promotion. I worked so hard at it. Rather than saying, well, you know, here's the reasons why you didn't get it, which really that's not why they're there in the moment. They're there to share with you that they're feeling disappointed. You can acknowledge and say, it's understandable that you're feeling disappointed that you didn't get that promotion. And it's just an acknowledgement. It's not saying, oh, you should feel bad. You should be upset. You should have got that. You're not necessarily agreeing with them. You're just acknowledging what they're feeling. You're recognizing it and you're saying, yeah, it's reasonable that you would feel disappointed for not getting the promotion. I know that you were really excited and anticipating, right? And it's just being there to hold space for that emotion, not telling them that they're right or wrong or that it's good or bad. It's just reasonable that they're feeling that way. So practicing acknowledge and validating is huge and setting good boundaries. If you've got somebody who consistently comes to you and they are always complaining and they don't have solutions and they're not willing to try anything, setting a boundary of it's okay to come here and share how frustrated you are about a situation. It's not okay to do that and not stay so that we can talk through what your next steps are. Or it's okay for you to be upset in a meeting. It's not okay for you to speak that way to your colleagues. You know, being able to set good boundaries is really important. And finally, just clear communication. Clear is kind. This is another Brene Brownism from her book, Dare to Lead. But when we are able to be direct with folks and honest and just be clear and kind, we can get to the point a lot faster than if we're tap dancing around something. You can just say, I have some feedback for you. Let me know if now's a good time and then get straight to it. I noticed that you've been running late on many of your projects and I'd I'd like to understand what's happening. I'd like to figure out how we can resolve that. So these are some of the things that, that get in the leader's way and some of the things that you can do about them. So if you want to be both kind and connected to your folks and you want to stay efficient and not be overwhelmed by solving everybody's problems, you need to create some wiggle room with the belief that these conversations need to take a really long time. You need to get comfortable with vulnerability and the discomfort it means to sit with somebody in their big emotions. And finally, you need to stop feeling like you need to fix everything and stop jumping in to rescue people because that's not how our direct reports learn and grow. They learn and grow by trying things with our support, not by us telling them what to do or fixing their problems for them. These can be hard, even if you start with just downloading an emotions list or an emotions wheel to help expand your emotional palette and check in with yourself each day. How am I feeling? That's going to help grow your emotional literacy. Even if you 
jot down two to three curious conversation starters. Help me understand. I'm curious. I'm wondering. Walk me through the way you see that. Um, Those are some things that you can use to get started. You know, on my desk right now, I've been coaching for 16 years and I still have stickies with prompts on my desk. I have one right now. It says, ask another question, say more. And what else? Just to remind myself in the moment of something I can say if I want to get deeper and more curious, but I might be distracted by the conversation. Don't be afraid to use cheat sheets. And again, remember that great acknowledge and validate phrase. It's reasonable you're feeling that way. So you're feeling and you reflect the feeling back and then it's reasonable that you're feeling that way. These are all things that are really helpful to allow you to connect with folks at the same time as staying efficient and not overloading yourself. Keep up the great work at growing and stretching as a leader. Remember, we're talking about developing people and managing work, not managing people. And as we keep that in mind and we stay in that coach mindset, we can create incredible teams that can do exponentially more work with less pressure and more ease when we create a space for people to share what's going on for them. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you next time on The Bright Side.